So are you uh, ready to do the uh, radio show? Yeah. <clears throat> I need to finish my coffee first. Go on the air here pretty quick, so... Uh... <laughs> Why are you always in such a hurry? <laughs> okay. Huh? Maybe I'll just go on the air naked. Whatever you want to do, we got. We have to go on the air because, um, you know, it's that time. You're such a dumbass with that stupid hat on. <laughs> I'm going to just wear my pajamas. Shut up. Well, whatever then. I got these stupid pajamas on and that's okay, what I'm wearing on the air. Okay, whatever you say. Dude, do I look okay? I mean, I mean do I look alright? Yes, you look fine. Maybe I should wear my pajamas too. Shut up. <laughs> okay, Look, David. Okay. Can you just get my bagel and cream cheese over there then? Oh, um, what, wh where is it? Okay. Uh, Thanks. Oh, here, here, take this. We gotta hurry up. We're, <laughs> I mean, we're all with that. We're almost ready to go on, uh, on the short way. Okay. Okay, uh, let's cue that up, Murky, and, uh... As long as I can drink through this entire thing. <laughs> uh, Alright, so, um, this is our holiday show. And so, let's, let's get on with that. Right then, as long as I am able to be fully inebriated and smoke through the entire broadcast. <laughs> David, just hand me my coffee and then do the countdown. Okay, one, two, three. Lima, Delta, Echo. Lima, Delta, Echo. This is in between stations radio broadcasting from Flagstaff, Arizona, USA. Welcome to In Between Stations Radio. This is our 2022 holiday show, um, and we're going to play various songs. The holidays bring up all kinds of good and bad things, <laughs> right, Murky? Yep, from a scale of 1 to 10. I'd say they suck plus 30. Yeah, yeah. Murky's not a big fan of the holidays. Is that correct, my dear? <laughs> Yet, and if I keep drinking this good German wine, then maybe I might be able to cope with the holidays a little better, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's been a it's been a tough one, as you folks know, if you've been tuning into our broadcast. Um, Murky's been away on a vacation. My Not old boyfriend <laughs> slash useless former husband left me stranded in Dulceville, Minnesota, while taking my car and money at the same time. So fuck him and the holidays <laughs> oh as well. My God. Oh man, I never know what you're gonna say, Murky. <laughs> okay, but you've still been doing the programming, right? Yep. Yeah. While being slightly drunk as well. David, can I say something right here? Yeah, sure. Go, go ahead, Murky. I'm very sorry about Tiva's passing. 
I yeah, loved I... her a lot. It really messed me up. I thought about not doing the show anymore. But you talked me back into it. I guess. This German wine you gave me tonight helps me a bit. Maybe. I love you Tiva. I won't even attempt to say goodbye. I refuse to do it. And Tiva, I think you're still here in the studio somehow. God, we all miss you so much. I, I, uh, I agree with you there, Murky. Yeah, we all miss, miss Tiva a lot. Well, maybe this will uh, be a good time, Murky. Um, I was going to do this later in the show. Um, this is a, a bit from a, a previous Christmas uh, broadcast we had when um, Tiva was still, still with us, and you know, Tiva would come and go, and that was kind of part of. Right, Murky. It was kind Sadly, of part of um, yes. our friendships and my relationship with Tiva as my girlfriend. Um, sometimes she'd go and leave on these solos, but this is while she was still alive. I was just listening to it. <laughs> it talks a little bit about about her, and uh, you might find it interesting. And it's from a previous Christmas, and so um, uh, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll play that for you, and there's a few Christmas songs, and then we'll we'll come back. All right, let's. Uh, is that is that queued up, Murky? <laughs> you already had it queued up, huh? Yeah, I already had it ready, David. <laughs> all right, let's just go with that one. We all love you, Tiba, and so we're gonna we're gonna play that right now. So it was a sad, <laughs> snowy night when I had to, when I gave her a kiss and I had to tell her um, goodbye. And, and I think that was a really difficult threshold for both of us. It was so close to Christmas, and that's how what I'd been looking forward to was spending the holidays with her. And I remember right around Christmas Eve getting a text from her, and you know, this is. A little while later, her saying, you know, Dave, I'm really lonely. I've been lonely my whole life, and I need I need somebody. I just need to talk to my wife. Can, can you come over? And of course, what can you do? It's one o'clock in the morning, and put my coat on, and shovel my walks through the snow, and got in my car and drove to her house. And just trying to remember how this um, took place. Uh, I and Tiva would go to uh, secondhand stores a lot. She, she loved them, and she always had a little bit of money to uh, get things. Now, Tiva didn't get any kind of help uh, from the state at all. She's very independent. And her family gave her little, and she earned her money. But um, so she's pretty frugal, and she always looked nice, whatever she wore. Uh, she was kind of a, a little bit. 
uh, punker. <laughs> but in her own way, you know, she had this... So, we went to this little second-hand store, um, and I took her hand. She had a really small hand, um, even though she was, you know, at that time, you know, going on 40 years old, but she, she looked she looked nice. She's just really pretty. Dark hair and freckles on her nose and beautiful teeth and um, incredibly shy. So I, I, I took her hand and we went into the secondhand store and we looked at all, the, all this crazy stuff. You know how, how stuff is in stores like that. And uh, we spent forever in there. And then we went over to all the clocks. And um, there's... You know, I, I, I've always kind of been attached to cuckoo clocks, but <laughs> I've never really wanted to get one. And there's, there's a sale on just cuckoo clocks. And there's some pretty cool ones up there. There's some real ones that probably at one time were worth a lot of money. Some real old German black forest clocks, as they call them, with all kinds of things. And there was one up there that was kind of screwy, but really pretty and small and was on sale for... <laughs> was old. It must have been 60, 70 years old. It was nice, all handmade. It was on sale for $12. <laughs> so, uh, Tiva made me buy the clock. And so I got the little clock and made sure all the parts worked. And um, we, we took it to my house and put it up on the wall. And, and she just, she had to watch that clock to make sure everything worked on there. And she always had these really intellectual comments. She had kind of a, a, a lisp a little bit. If you, you'd think she was slow or something if you're around her, but that was, that's far from the truth. She thought about her words and on her, you know, and she'd bite her lip. And so she'd take her time saying things. And she watched the cuckoo clock and um, we both watched it. And that kind of became sort of a heart in our relationship. It was this clock that worked about half the time it works all the time now but in that time period until I figured out how to fix a few things it only worked about half the time and it always worked whenever Tiva was with me and if there's something wrong you know in a relationship and sometimes there was just because of the stress factors of her having these severe emotional traumas and um, it would stop working then. it was a very strange thing that was really nice David Sorry I couldn't play everything. There were a few problems with the original recording of that broadcast. Oh, that, that, that's, that's okay, uh, Murky. I, I, I remember that there were some problems with that broadcast. I think that's when we were very first starting to do our uh, podcast yeah. live. And uh, sometimes we didn't go back and review them and right. listen to them. And so there were some, yeah, some errors in there. Um, yeah, and I, there's several things that got left out that were kind of um, kind of cool. Um, so yeah, I guess that would be enough. Um, yeah, T- Tiva was um, just she was something else. Just a just a beautiful individual, and you know, as I said before, we go we went through these phases in a relationship that would be difficult sometimes because we were apart for long periods of time, and then we'd get back together again. That was always really nice. But just the way things worked, and she just kind of retreated when situations got difficult for her, and she felt like she's being a stress factor on other people. She just kind of disappeared. It was one of the really tough things in our relationship. And of course, 
you know, you always, I always thought she's going to come back, you know, and um, <laughs> in some weird, strange way, I'm kind of waiting for her right now. <laughs> and I guess that's not going to work out, huh? Um, let's uh, let's let's go to uh, let's go to an uh, an advertisement here. Uh, not we're not <laughs> we don't do ads on a radio show. These are really old uh, radio ads from um, different time periods. We're going to play tonight, so um, it's just they're just fun things. So so don't go out there and buy a Delco battery from 1942. <laughs> okay. just looked out our, our window here and it's really coming down there's a big <laughs> blizzard out there a lot of snow you know sometimes Flagstaff can have tons of snow I think our record here is close to eight feet in three days <laughs> you know some winters too it doesn't snow here at all that's kind of how the southwest is and even though we live at 7,000 8,000 feet here and it does always get really cold, especially at night. Um, there's been a few times we've had 25, 30 below zero. And on our winters, it doesn't get that cold, so it's kind of a strange place. And so Flagstaff has extremes. I think there's a weather chart at Sunset Crater for Flagstaff, and it goes up and down <laughs> in the most extreme ways. And that's the climate of this area in particular. And the Hopi tribe knows that, and they're one of these amazing people if you've ever if you want to go to a cool place when it snows go to Hopi one of the 12 villages up on these high mesas uh, the snow is beautiful there and during the winter time some of the Hopi houses still have these old pot belly stoves and, and you, you know you cut the wood and, and you put it in there and you sit around the sit around this warm stove and you talk and sometimes a, a good Hopi friend will tell you stories or sing an old traditional song and you know they're just just wonderful and uh, and then you go out there and it's really snowing and, and uh, you know you're 85 miles from 
from Flagstaff. And, you know, in, in a lot of ways, Hopi is in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people out there, you know, spread, spread around this, uh, this wonderful Pueblo. Zuni's another place. Four o'clock in the morning, I decided to leave, and it snowed. <laughs> it took me eight hours, normally three and a half hours, to get from Zuni to Flagstaff. It was a horrible storm, snowstorm on uh, I-40, and uh, I didn't think I was going <laughs> to make it. A few times I didn't, you know, and trucks are off all over the road, and you got the windshield wires going full, full speed, and you still can't see that the foggers are on, and sometimes I even had to roll the window down so I could see. This is on an interstate, and no one is driving. Everyone's either off, the trucks are off the side, or you know, if somebody is driving, they're way behind you, and the snow is just coming down. And you're hoping you can get back home to Flagstaff. You know, have you ever seen a train go through deep snow? It's it, especially uh, when you're in the open country. You know, between mesas here in the southwest, and you see one of these big, uh, you know, one of these big freighters going through the snow. It's 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 amazing, especially at night when you see the lights on there. If it's a passenger train like the Amtrak, that's cool. And I've ridden the train, the uh, the Amtrak during a big snowstorm. That's nice too. Trains are awesome. Murky, you been in a train? Oh. Yes, right. and it was a bummer. You had a couple of... I told you all about it the other night. Remember? Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, didn't you... Yeah, you did. You got a sleeper car. And right. With, with... Oh. Yeah, your boyfriend. How many boyfriends you have? <laughs> Whatever. I don't even want to talk about that stuff on the air right now. Besides, I'm busy enjoying this last part of my big bottle of red German wine. Okay. It's Christmas, I know. Yes, the stupid forever train. During the holidays with an irate boyfriend who was only interested in sleeping with me and getting drunk. And then listening to Charlie Brown Christmas music, <laughs> over and over. Which was accompanied by his throwing up all over our bed. And then me running out in panic into the passenger area, and then finding a soft seat and spending the rest of the night watching little New Mexico villages go by outside the windows while having a nice kissing session with a native guy, whom I can't even remember the name of anymore. <laughs> well, Murky, that was, a, that was a nice little holiday story for everybody to hear. <laughs> well, it goes to show you just how much a pain in the butt the holidays can be for some of us. Oh yeah, they can, uh, they can be that for sure. <laughs> okay, moving along. Um, so, uh, you got a bit of a coal firing up here. So, yeah, it's really snowing out there. You know, when I was a boy uh, living up in northern Utah, we used to go to this uh, little town my grandparents from, from called Garland, which is one of those little towns like out of a 1940s movies, movie. Uh, it looks that way, too. Even today, it still has this, this quality of a, the little American town, you know. And, it, and during Christmas time, it was wonderful. They had hanging these old lights down Main Street, and the garland was up there. And, you know, and it always snowed there. And so it was kind of a, kind of, it could be kind of a tough trip to, to little garland up there in northern Utah. And so we'd have these huge dinners where all the family would come and, the kids and the older people and you know people came from far away and I guess during the wars before I was born you know that was it was a big deal you know because some people be away to the war and I've talked about that spending it was I had a real tough Christmas spending it away from home during a war and you know it was during a time when we didn't know how bad the war would be and 
uh, and it just it was really kind of awful <laughs> and uh, yeah don't spend Christmas <laughs> during a war if you don't have to somebody had an old cassette tape that's about all we had oh and I, I also had a little red shortwave radio I'd listened to uh, during the war. No one else had one of these, but you know, I've been around shortwave, which we're broadcasting on tonight. I've been around shortwave since I was a little boy. And so I picked up a shortwave, a little red shortwave portable radio at one of the souks there, you know, one of these little uh, stores they have in the open markets for, for nothing. And everyone's like, what are you doing with that radio? You know, you're not, you can't understand anything. Everything's in Arabic. And I was like, no, no, I, I got, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick up the BBC. So I'd get in my little room there, you know, this is uh, during the bombings, which were not too pleasant. <laughs> and uh, I listened to the BBC. In fact, I did a whole tape one time that sent it home of the, uh, of the BBC as I listened to it during these, uh, these Scud missile attacks. And, um, and at night sometimes, you know, I could pick up things and I actually knew more sometimes than, than the command did in my unit. Simply because I just listened to the shortwave and I listened to other stations and just pick up this whole like information system that, because there's a blackout with uh, communications during a war. You just don't get anything. You just sit there and you wonder what the hell is going on. Is, it, is this bombing going to end? And, you know, you're just trying to keep your, you're trying to keep your shit together. <laughs> well... I really don't have to go to a war to be in one. I mean, my poor love life has been like being in one big war after another. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Some of your relationships have been like a war. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay, Murky. Um, how you doing over there, Murky? You will be glad to know that I'm well on my way to being completely inebriated. Well, don't get too drunk because you got to keep this show going. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, oh, that's the, that's the kettle. That's the kettle over there. Um, uh, I'm going to grab some tea here. Let's let's put a... Yeah, getting home for Christmas. That can be a tough one. And uh, it's 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 a, a little hard this year because I don't have my Tiva. <laughs> and Christmas time was when we... Yeah, when we got together a lot of times and spent spent uh, time together. And it's, it's kind of a... Um, so sometimes being at home for Christmas, uh, I think I served a, as a Christian missionary too when I was really, really young. You did? Uh, yep, I did. <laughs> that was the first time I'd really spent time away from home. I was only 19 years old in um, a little shack in Alabama in this little town. <laughs> we had this little Christmas tree and it was kind of a bummer. <laughs> I think my, my companion, as we, as we call him, called him then uh he had, he had a girlfriend and he actually you're not supposed to do this because you have real strict rules when you're a missionary at least we did then he called his girlfriend <laughs> and all he did was cry for like a half hour you know her talking to him and him talking to her and me like you know i can't call anybody why are you doing that and this he had this little little house it was kind of haunted actually <laughs> The lights would come on uh, in the middle of the night, and you actually could hear. They had, we had push-button lights in that house, for God's sakes, from the 40s. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, and you and they would click on. I mean, not just the lights wouldn't just come on like there was a short there, but they would click on, and you'd have to go out there, and you know, in the living room, and turn them back wow. off. Yeah. Weird. It was kind of a kind of a bummer Christmas. So, you know, when you're at school and you don't have a lot of money, uh, 
Merck, you have you have any experience? I know you went to where'd you go to school at? Emory's Women's College in Georgia. Did you have a did you, did you have a boyfriend? Yeah, but it was kind of a bummer because I had to go off campus, so I'd sneak out and go to different guys' houses overnight. Oh, <laughs> you had a lot of boyfriends. I bet you did. Um. Yeah, it was the first real girlfriend I had, and she had to leave and go back to Wisconsin. I think I did an episode on In Between Stations about... Yeah, uh, it was a good episode, too. But the Utah State University, where it really snowed. In fact, that year, I was a, I was a, a janitor, a snowplow person. A, we didn't have a snowplow. We had to shovel the walks. You know, my girlfriend had to go back to Wisconsin. Wisconsin, as she said. Used to say, uh, she's just this beautiful... You know, when you're that young, it's it's kind of innocent, but you're kind of you don't know what the hell's going on either. Anyway, uh, she had to go back home to Wisconsin, and I had to stay at Utah State. I couldn't go home because I had to shovel the walks, you know. And it just ended up being this horrible. You know, Logan, Utah has or used to have just huge snowstorms. And uh, I, as a boy, I used to drive from my my stepdad and my mom would drive from. Uh, Brigham City, Corinne, Utah, all the way to Paris, Idaho, which is over by this beautiful place called Barrel Lake. And that place, Logan Canyon, can be a nightmare to drive through. And of course, my stepfather had grown up in this little Paris, Idaho town, another beautiful little town. Uh, looks like something out of Switzerland, actually. And uh, but it, you have you have to kind of know how to drive that canyon because it can be treacherous. And of course, my stepdad grew up there driving back and forth between Paris and Logan all the time and uh, so he he was always cool he could drive through anything <laughs> me and my sister who's no longer alive my beautiful little sister would sit in the back and play games and as you know as he tried to drive these roads up this canyon which is amazingly beautiful because there's these steep mountains and thick pine trees and this beautiful river that runs all the way through the the canyon and uh, it was so amazing you know and when we'd go spend uh, Christmas in that little town Paris Idaho which was just absolutely beautiful uh, I haven't been back in a long time but it was just one of these little towns again like my my grandparents in Garland Utah it was this one of these little towns that had been built to look like a European town and so um, it was just wonderful going there but it could be treacherous anyway we better get that <laughs> oh you already got the tea yeah. you already got the tea murky all right, thank you. Hey, let's go to a song. Um, yeah, let's go to a, a song about, you know, wishing you were home for Christmas. There's nothing worse than having a girlfriend or being married or somebody that you love and you can't be with them or your family. You can't be with them during Christmas. And I spent a few Christmases like that, and they can be really horrible, just kind of heartbreaking. So, uh, but there's really good Christmases too, and. David, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, you're talking over the time limit again. Oh, I'm getting long-winded, Murky. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Let's go to a song. Let's go to a, a, an old uh, radio advertisement, and then we'll go to to a song. All right, folks. We'll talk to you in a, in a few.
overcome when you Christmas shop. Play it smart before you start. Buy all your gifts at one spot. Made out of coal Frosty the snowman Made the children laugh and play And were they surprised When before their eyes He came to life that day There must have been some magic In that old silk hat they found For when they placed it on his head He began to dance around 
Frosty the snowman was alive as he could be And the children say he could laugh and play just the same as you and me So he said, let's run and we'll have some fun now before I melt away. Down to the village with a broomstick in his hand. Running here and there all around the square saying, catch me if you can. He led them down the streets of town right to a traffic cop. And he only paused a moment when he heard him holler, stop. Frosty the snowman had to hurry on his way But he waved goodbye saying don't you cry I'll be back again someday Thumpity thump thump thumpity thump thump Look at Frosty go Thumpity thump thump thumpity thump thump Over the hills of snow In the lane, snow is glistening A beautiful sight, we're happy tonight Walking in a winter wonderland Gone away is the bluebird Here to stay is a new bird He sings a love song as we go along Walking in the winter wonderland In the meadow we can build a snowman Then pretend that he's Parson Brown He'll say, are you married? We'll say, no, ma'am But you can do the job when you're in town Later on, we'll conspire As we dream by the fire to face unafraid the plans that we made Walking in a winter wonderland Hey, Murphy, you got any, uh, you got any good Christmas memories you want to share? Well, my mother passed away before I was four years old And I had a series of dreadful stepmothers I guess one was pretty nice though. But in the middle of all that I remember my dad taking me to the park one Christmas Eve in our old Dodge station wagon. And how we built this beautiful snowman in all the deep white snow, as these big Charlie Brown flakes landed softly on us. 
He was a very good-looking guy, with a really big heart, and I adored everything about him, including his singing and piano playing. Really, he played the piano, sang yeah, too. Yeah, he played on the side at the local pubs and nightclubs in town. I think he had a lot of hidden girlfriends too. One he might have gotten pregnant by mistake. At grade school for years, I suspected my close friend Karen was actually my half sister. We looked a lot alike too. But back then, after we built the snowman and put the carrot in for a nose, we took the old Dodge up on the snowpack roads and went to the A and W root beer drive-in for frosted mugs of root beer and tin foil wrapped hamburgers, you know, with the big golden fries and sauce. He let me do anything I wanted back then, including peeing behind the tree while he flirted with one of his grill friends at another park. <laughs> <laughs> Marky, that was really beautiful. You Thanks. You come up with these things that I didn't even know about you. That's that's very touching. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I really loved my dad a lot. I miss him the most this time of year. Wow, man, the snow is really coming down out there. I can't even see the trees in the front yard. Yeah, I think there is a winter storm warning out for tonight. So if you have got to drive and all that, be very careful, okay? At least we got the old wood stove going and stuff, and enjoying, enjoying our radio show here. Um, yeah, so be careful out there driving, folks. You know, winter weather can be kind of, kind of nasty sometimes if you drive too fast or if you drive too slow, and don't pull off the road and and uh, and what, Murky? <laughs> like with your and dad. No pee pee. Like a big dog behind a car in a snowstorm. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, let's go to uh, let's go to an ad, uh, an old time ad, and then to a couple Christmas songs. All right. <coughs> Get Vicks medicated cough drops. Vickle soothe the tickle away. Get Vicks medicated cough drops. Pick up a pack or two today. When you're coughing and your throat is raw and sore, it makes good sense to fix it quick. Remember, Vick medication makes the difference. Get Vicks medicated cough drops. Pick up a pack or two today. Pick up a pack or two today. The Baltimore Gas and Electric Company. Gas. Electricity. All the energy you need. All the service you want. For carefree living. Today's Baltimore Gas and Electric, direct descendant of those early gas and electric companies, has inherited their passion for leadership. Everything new. Gas storage caverns. Mine mouth generators nuclear power research, data processing, providing the most dependable fuel and power for your money. Every step taken years in advance for the residential, commercial, and industrial expansion of the area's gas and electric needs. Fuel, power. The Baltimore Gas and Electric Company connects you with carefree living.
Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows A turkey and some mistletoe Help to make the season bright Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow Will find it hard to sleep tonight They know that Santa's on his way He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child is gonna spy To see if reindeer really know how to fly And so I'm offering this simple phrase Kids from one to ninety-two Although it's been said Many times, many ways Merry Christmas to Although it's been said Many times, many ways Merry Christmas To Shiny nose, and if 
and called him names. They never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer game. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Rudolph met your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Then all the reindeer loved him, as they shouted out with glee. Rudy the red big reindeer, you'll go down in history. Time now is 
going. Hey, why do we carry on this myth about it being cold out? What is with this New York idiocy about cold, cold, schmold? Going. Uh, I'll, I'll sing you some cold weather ballads, Dad, here tonight. No, seriously, this is this is not even cold at all. Not not even remotely cold. And yet the poor old New York sits here. This is this is the city of dynamic self pity. How's that for a song lyric? Oh, this is the city of dynamic self-pity. The city that weeps in its beer. Yeah, this this is a this city really. Uh, uh, I can tell you this that I I talked to my mother in Chicago last week, <laughs> and at the time I was on the phone with her, she said, uh, "Wait a minute." I said, "How how is it, Ma? How's the weather?" And she says, "Oh, all right." And I said, "Well, how is it?" She says, "Oh, well, wait a minute. I'll look out." And so I could hear her cracking the ice as she's looking out between the geraniums, you know, in the kitchen to look at the thermometer that she's got strapped on the windowsill there, you know, with the cupboard with ice flows. And I could hear her talking. And then she comes back to the phone. She says, it's about 12 below. I said, below zero. She said, what do you think? You know, that's just the way it is, you know. And here in New York, they said, oh, it's cold. And the guy on the radio is saying the temperature is now 25 degrees. It's a cold, terrible day. So don't go out, folks. 25 degrees. And this nutty city is the only city in the country yet that's hipped on skiing. What do you think you do? Where, where do you ski, you nuts? Crying out loud. You know, this is a masochistic city if I ever saw one. On the one hand, they're all screaming, yelling, trying to get in and out of cabs, with hitting each other, trying to get into a heated cab. And those same louts are going up into Vermont, where it's 107 below zero, and busting their ankles. You know, I suppose the next thing you know, guys are going to work out some system where you can use a cab to ski in. You know, go down the side there with a... <laughs> yeah, really a nutty time. I'll, uh, I, I, don't, I don't like to... You know, it's funny, as, as an old, as an old uh, frostbitten Midwesterner, this, this weather just gets my blood going good. It really does. It, that, a guy, that a guy who comes out of the wilds of northern Indiana and the whistling prairies of Illinois... It is only at about this time that his radiator begins to really move, actually. You know, we have... No, truly, you know that there are certain metals, elements, uh, that, uh, that have different melting points, of course. You know, that, that mercury, under ordinary circumstances, is actually melted. You know, that's a, that it is ordinarily a solid. But during... Yes, it is a solid. And, and during its, uh, its regular room temperature life, it is melted because it's too hot. Well, this is literally the case with a good Midwesterner, that a Midwesterner does not begin to actually think good until the temperature is around 15 below. And, uh, yes, his overload relay begins to kick in and everything starts to work. He begins to hum and sing and work it out. And I, I, I can, uh, I don't know whether I should tell you any really genuine cold weather stories here uh, of, uh, of, that, of that whistling prairie world out there where they really had cold. I'll, I'll tell you one night. Now, uh... I don't want to... Uh, this is not in the way of nostalgia because it's still cold out there. Of course, you, you probably heard in the news. That they, and nobody even thinks about it out there. They, were, they have news items about it here, but out there it's just the weather report. That there was 30 inches of snow, for example, in the last five hours in a town in Wisconsin. 30 inches. Well, I couldn't believe it. This afternoon I'm hearing Bruce Elliott on, you know, and there's a little piddling little snow coming down, like little flakes, you know, it's a little, little brisk, the, and he's announcing all the places that are closed. 
They're all closing up over in Jersey and all the meetings that were scheduled for tonight. They're not going to hold them. Well, I suspect something right away that those people that are, that are not going and all those meetings that are closing up are chickening out and didn't want to be held in the first place. They were looking for the quickest out they could get. You know? And, and uh, it's a fascinating thing. This is, this is the land of the great cop-out. And uh, the, the first flake of snow and the entire school system of Long Island quits and goes home and watches television, which is what it always wanted to do anyway. Why don't you admit it? You're not interested in education out there in Long Island, for crying out loud. You're interested in swinging, making martinis and all that stuff. I, I know. I know all about Long Island. <laughs> Staten Island, oh, it's even worse. Terrible, terrible. Well, let me tell you, though, about one night. I remember vividly one particular night. See, there's a thing that, that Midwestern winters do that does not really happen here in the East because we have an ocean here. And this ocean is a great tempering body. By that I mean, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it acts like a big heater out there during the winter time, and it acts like a big cooler in the summertime. Well, there's no such thing, really. The, the, the lake is the opposite in, in the Midwest, that the lake... Uh, acts like a... Oh, boy, it, it makes it even colder because the lake, and I'm talking about Lake Michigan here, is, is an enormous flue. It really is. It brings the wind unbroken directly down from the Arctic Circle, which sweeps down over, over uh, Michigan, and it whistles right down that lake, and it screams through the Straits of Mackinac, the Straits of Mackinac, and whistles past Ludington and Benton Harbor, and it gains steam until finally as it approaches the southern end of the lake, that wind is howling 150 miles an hour. And boom, it hits the shoreline there, sweeps over Hammond, Gary, and Chicago, and bathes it in what's left over from the Arctic Circle. And you can smell the polar bears. Oh, boy. And, and it goes down, uh, they, of course, because of the way it is there. Uh, the, uh, something happens that does not happen here. It is not at all uncommon for the temperature to drop 30 degrees in maybe a half an hour. I mean 30 degrees. Boom, boom, pow, thump. It goes down. I mean, you go out of the house, it's 40 degrees. You walk down, you get in your car, and you start to start your car. You know, it's fine. The sun is shining. The car's going. And all of a sudden, you see the, the, the windshield is clouding over just while you're sitting there. And between grinds of your starter, it is now dropped down to 20. And just as you reach for the third one, it's down to 7 above. And the fourth shot of your starter, it's frozen. It's 10 below. You get out. Oh. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating, of course, not much more than just maybe five degrees, but it really is a fantastic thing. I, I, I'll, I'll remember this. Now, here's one night. I'm going to give you... What, what, it ha what happens is this, you say. Because of the precipitous drop and the precipitous fluctuation of weather out there, nobody any, anymore in Chicago, nobody even talks about the weather. It's just there. Now, a guy who has lived next to the Grand Canyon for 500 years does not exclaim every morning at what a big hole in the ground is out there. Hey, Murky, you ever been to the <laughs> the Grand Canyon? Yes. Yeah. I've been yeah, to the you... big hole in the ground several <laughs> times. Yeah, there are there actually are people you can hear them have this dialogue there. It's kind of ridiculous, um, you know. Boy, this is sure a big hole in the ground. <laughs> Some people still say that. They've been saying that for 
I don't know, as long as the park's been there. Um, you know, I don't think there's any... People are you just so overwhelmed, and I am every time I go there. I don't even... I haven't attempted to even... You know, I do landscapes. I haven't even... Uh, I haven't even attempted to ever do a landscape. Grant. Oh, maybe I've done some sketches. Because everyone, you know... I worked at a museum here in, in Flagstaff, as you know, and... Um, everybody uh, does a painting of the Grand Canyon, and the best stuff's been done, <laughs> you know. And I, so I'm not even going to attempt it. And then you, you can go there and actually see these amazing artists with their canvas out, huge canvas, you know, on the easel, uh, looking over this big, huge drop-off, you know, and painting the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've stayed overnight there. Made love to a few beautiful park rangers in the process, too. You've been there with a few boyfriends? <laughs> Had some nice drinks on the edge of that beautiful place. You got drunk? <laughs> well, David, it was a bit more than just getting drunk. It's the whole sheer, overwhelming beauty of that place. Yeah, I, I'm just kidding, Murky. It's, 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 it's overwhelmingly beautiful, like you say. But if you go to Grand Canyon with an open heart, a lot of cool things can really happen to you there. Hey, I got a story about that. Um... I went there, uh, uh, it was a, well, it's close to Christmas Eve, uh, there was a wedding, and uh, you know, they wanted me to uh, videotape the wedding, because you know, I do that occasionally, in addition to doing uh, documentaries, you know, recording people and their histories, um, I used to uh, do weddings a lot, because there was money in that, so I was the chief person to videotape that, so they hired me to go to Grand Canyon and shoot their, you know, their wedding they had there, it was a really nice little, uh, little wedding. Um, it was just a beautiful. It was just beautiful. It hadn't. It hadn't really. Uh, it wasn't too cold, as you would think it would be in December. But so you know, this wedding ran. Uh, had dancing and stuff in this really nice little ballroom. It's a, it a small. You know, there's a lot of historic, historic uh, areas there on the edge of the Grand Canyon. There's these little beautiful little cabins you can rent that have been there. They were built there. On oh, the early part of the 20th century, maybe even before the, you know the 20th century, so they're very historic and they're quite beautiful. A lot of people don't know they're there, and so the people that uh, were having the wedding had all their guests stay in these beautiful little uh, log cabins that are built on the edge right there by Bright Angel. I think not far from the Cole Brother Studio. So we we ran until uh, late hours. I think it was almost like midnight, something like that. So uh, I and my friend, who was a photographer, uh, we put our, you know, packed all our gear up and we headed back to our uh, motel room, you know, we had rented there. And so, oh no, 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 we, we were <laughs> sorry. We went out. We went out the door, uh, and and it just it started snowing. It was snowing a little bit, and um, you know, we still we loaded up our gear uh, in the back of the truck, and we had to put a. Uh, oh yeah, no, we had a covering. So I thought we put a tarp on it, but we didn't. And and it just, it was unbelievable. It just turned, it went from this light snow to this all-out blizzard. And, um, and he's, you know, my friend's like, we, we got to get out of here. Or we're not going to make it back home. Because, you know, it's a, it's 75 miles to Flagstaff. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's pretty flat until you have to go up towards Flagstaff, where you make the great, you know, way up to the... To the San Francisco Peaks uh, on 180, I think you can go the Williams Way. But we went the the 180. You know, we we typically go the the other way, uh, Highway 180, I think it's called. 
but this snow was just dumping down. I mean, I, <laughs> I've never seen it snow like that in, in, in such a short amount of time. I mean, I could barely see him, and we're putting our stuff in the truck, and he turns to me and says, I'm not even going to try to drive back to Flagstaff. So we, uh, we rented a motel room. And oh, I remember they closed the park because <laughs> we we attempted to go. I have to I remember back. This has been a while. We, we attempted to, to leave. I mean, it was just we could barely even make it to the to the entrance of the, you know, of Grand Canyon. And they and the and they have a police there. They closed the park down. Uh, the, the highway back to to Flagstaff was closed. I mean, it, it was snowing that bad. So we went back and we got a motel room. I don't know why we, we didn't want to watch TV or anything or just talking, you know, getting all our stuff, looking at the stuff, you know, the, the pictures he had taken um, for the wedding, and I was looking at my videotaping stuff, and, you know, it was just kind of boring, and then he just, you know, he pulls this uh, big bag out of his pack, and he says, hey, you know, I got some, uh, I got some pot here. <laughs> so, so we got... I don't know how long we smoked, and this stuff, no, this was hash, this wasn't just pot, this was really powerful stuff, and you know, after two or three uh, puffs of that stuff, I was like, wow, I was <laughs> in another realm, you know, I could barely see him sitting there on the bed, you know, and, and you know how, how that stuff is, all these bright colors, and <laughs> he's singing some song, I don't remember what it was, oh, it was a Christmas song, and uh, Jingle Bell? Something. I, I couldn't even make out what it was because I was getting pretty high and we just kept passing the, the reefer back and forth. Am I supposed to be telling this story? Because <laughs> you know I have my family back in Flagstaff. And I don't know how, we. this went on for a couple hours and we're just, you know, we're really, we can't go to sleep because we're so up in the night, you know. So we walk outside and I swear to God there must have been three feet of snow. It had completely cleared off and all the stars were out. It was incredibly beautiful. So we walk out. I mean, this is like up to our waist. We walk out of our little motel room there. And, you know, we're not far from the edge of the Grand Canyon. The moon's come up. You know, the trees are covered with snow. You can see the elk out there. Because, you know, when you go to Grand Canyon, there's these, these huge elk walk around like, it, you know, like they're somebody's pets. <laughs> you know, a, a big bull elk, you know, that weighs close to a ton is like sitting there... Uh, you know, in the snow, looking at you, with the, you know, with his, with with his breath coming out, <laughs> his warm breath, like fog, and he's just looking at you, you know. And then behind him are all these, you know, his girlfriends, you know, the the, the cow elks are just sitting there, and they're chewing on their cud. I don't know where they're getting it from. <laughs> it's snowing, and there's actually snow on the bull elk's antlers, you know. And he's just looking at us. So we're walking, walking, you know, and, and we're, and, you know, and I remember he looked the the the, uh, the elk looked like um. Like I could see the stars through them. You know, I'm pretty high. <laughs> but I could see the stars through the body of the elk. It was just, it was incredibly beautiful. So we're walking, walking, and we come to the edge of the Grand Canyon. And oh my God. <laughs> you can feel warm air coming up out of the canyon. It drops off a mile almost where we're at. And, and you know, we're kind of high, and we're on the very edge. I mean, we could have fallen off. I mean, I, I remember it, it dropped. I went back there later, uh, you know, in the summer, and I was like, holy crap, because I remember where we walked because there's a sign there. I was like, we could have fallen off there. So we're, you know, we're walking along this edge, and, and, and if you look down in the canyon, there's no, you know, there's no snow down there because it's relatively warm at the bottom, you know, Phoenix warm. 
and we got you know we got this uh, you have this almost 6,000 feet from the bottom to the top so it's warm and there's a there's a mist coming up out of the canyon and then we're standing in three feet of snow and there's all these stars and there's elk there and you know you wouldn't even have had to been high just being in that natural beautiful pristine place and there was no one I think we we're the only human beings other than the elk uh, you know and there are a few deer out there too and we're just sitting there on the edge and just astounding beauty I mean it was so clear and you could see way over to the north rim and there's a few lights in the north rim over there and there's all the snow and we just it's just it was marvelous and I remember the the um, the hash made us feel warm even though we had our coats on we just sat there and then he lit up another <laughs> another joint cigarette and we smoked you know we smoked some more and yeah and so I don't know how we made it back up to the motel room. We got, you know, we got good night's sleep, and then we drove back to Flagstaff that day. The plows had cleared the roads, and it was just a lot of snow, and it was just beautiful. That's my story, my, my Christmas story of the Grand Canyon. Spaceman knows you just gotta have Hostess Twinkies along. Even space girls know it. You get a big delight in every bite. Delicious Hostess Cream-Filled Twinkies taste out of this world. With luscious, creamy white filling inside, soft golden sponge cake outside. You get a big delight in every bite. Yep, smart spacemen always have plenty of good taste in Twinkies along. Wherever they go. Hostess Twinkies. Mamacita, ¿dónde está Santa Claus? ¿Dónde está Santa Claus? And the toys that he will leave. Mamacita, Oh, 
Well, folks, we've come to the end of our show. Um, it's it's like a virtual blizzard outside, <laughs> and Murky wants to go to the store and buy some more. What's that, Murky? What do you Try want? more dues. Some more of, you know, Irish whiskey. Yeah, uh, and 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 I. She's gonna get. She's almost smashed anyway. I don't even know. <laughs> she can maintain her status as the official programmer. Look stupid head i'm just fine at least i think i am anyway anyway we love you we wish you a merry holidays uh, and that goes all the way till uh new year's eve i don't know if we'll do a new year's eve show or not but um we want you guys to enjoy yourself i hope it was a good show um and um we're gonna we're gonna have some nice drinks and some uh twinkies murky no big ding dongs <laughs> like you stupid head <laughs> and take a few naps and dream about uh, Tiva who won't be here this Christmas um, <laughs> yet we really do miss you Tiva we miss you a lot love you beyond life and love you especially beyond death okay yeah and uh, um, so and her and Mercury are pretty close and so um yeah have a Take care of yourself, folks. Uh, sending all the love that we can. And uh, all right, have nice dreams. Uh, and I hope you get everything you want. And I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. If that hasn't already happened, it's going to. <laughs> then comes Christmas. Then comes New Year's Eve. And Murky, you can have as much, as many cocktails as you want. <laughs> other things too. Good. Let's do it. All right. We love you, and we'll see you. Good night. And we're going to end with two songs here, and, and then that will go off the air. All right. I love you, everybody. Happy holidays.
only just the snow But you and I will have a grand old time in a warm southwestern sidewalks dressed in holiday style in the air there's a feeling of Christmas children laughing people passing meeting smile after smile and on every street corner you It's Christmas time in the city. Ring-a-ling. Ring-a-ling. Hear them ring. Hear them ring. Soon it will be Christmas Day. Strings of street lights, even stoplights, blink a bright red and green. As the shoppers rush home with their treasures Hear the snow crush, see the kids rush This is Santa's big day And above all this bustle you hear Silver bells The corner Santa Claus Silver bells Is busy now because It's Christmas time in the city. 
Ring-a-ling. It fills the winter air. Hear them ring. You hear it everywhere. Soon it will be Christmas Day. City sidewalks, busy sidewalks, dressed in holiday style. In the air, it's Christmas time in the city. Children laughing, people passing. Maybe smile after smile. Very soon it will be Christmas Day. Lima, Delta, Echo. Lima, Delta, Echo. This is in between stations radio broadcasting from Flagstaff, Arizona, USA. Lima, Delta, Echo. Lima, Delta, Echo. This is in between stations radio broadcasting from Flagstaff, Arizona, USA.